0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Bobcast with you as always is Bob, live in the natural lounge staring at the Ouija board episode 400. Started this show in 2013, December with my friend Drew, like on the lam after like a party. I didn't think it would last until my 40s. I didn't think that I would interview countless people throughout that time, that landscape of being a musician and a screenplay writer. And then later in life having my ego dissolve and then venturing out into the woods to, to find um, peace and harmony. And it took me like maybe probably like four, maybe four to eight months before I actually realized what I was doing out in the woods. Like I used to come here and think I was just hiking. But then I realized, no, I was coming here to have a relationship with God. And I've talked about it before numerous times on the show that um, I had a reluctant reentrance into the world of Christianity. I was not really feeling it. I, My wife was like, there's this place, Storehouse Church. You got to come. You got to check it out, Bob. It's wonderful. And I I had heard so many things from people over the years. If you got to come check this out or you got to watch this movie, it's great. And you're like, you know, when your expectations are high and they're met, you know, with low standards, it's hard to get over it. And I just didn't expect much. But I went and my reluctance kind of dissolved as soon as I heard the speaker, like at the mic. And, you know, I'd heard different pastors and different priests throughout like all of my life. And every time that they would speak, I always felt like they were like talking to an audience of like, maybe just themselves. Cause it didn't feel like I could relate to anything that was going on with said person. And then there's this pastor who just like shows up on the scene. She's got lots of energy, right? She does this like Axl Rose swing dance before she gets going. And then like when she starts to talk, like it feels like she's not, just talking to you, but she's—it's like she's talking to your soul. And I don't really know if she totally has 100% understanding of just how much she's helped people in the community. But she helped me tremendously out, and for the longest time, I've been talking about her. So I'm very excited to have on episode 400, Pastor Tasha Hoover. How are you?
1: I am good. This is exciting. Bob. Very good. I'm very exciting. Yes.
0: Welcome to uh, the woods. Welcome to the natural lounge. <laughs> it's uh, beautiful it's a here. Long time coming. Today, we're recording this on a Monday. It's like 40 degrees out, kind of. It rained mm-hmm. last night. It's a slight chill in the air. Yep. But here we are, venturing into the woods. So here's a question that I've always wanted to know, and I thought about it. I actually wrote the question down. I never write Ooh, stuff down, but okay. it's like... I'm ready. So I showed you a moment ago where I stepped, and it felt like God and Jesus had re entered my life. Mm. And I know like you didn't grow up in the church, and you mentioned to me once that you were a teenager, right? Yeah. Can you talk about that, like wh- how that yeah. happened for you?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, like you said, I didn't grow up in the church. I, um, you know, I'm single mom, my sister, the three of us kind of doing our thing. And, you know, my mom's a, a spiritual woman, I would say, mm-hmm. but um, certainly no overt conversation about, about God or um, certainly no church at all. And I remember as a kid, super young, and I honestly, I have a memory even like second grade or so of like, wondering if there was something more, if there was something bigger and knowing just at the core of my being that there had to be, mm-hmm. that, that this wouldn't make any sense if there wasn't. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, just kind of continued on my way, did my thing. My uh, dad left uh, when I was about 10 and left my family in a, in a tailspin and me in a tailspin. And wondering, you know, my value, my worth, who I am, all those things. And uh, met a girl at school. We bonded because we both wanted tattoos. And that was my like, uh, you know, uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, and she was awesome. And her dad was a pastor. So it was my first kind of exposure to a Christian family. And I came into their home. and um, And she was the first one that really told me, hey, there's a God. And he Wants to hear from you, and you can actually pray to him. And mm-hmm. and so I remember we had a it was like eighth grade, we're having a sleepover, and it was the first time I prayed. And I was like, "Hey God, if you're out there, you know, here I am."
0: Wow! So it was a sleepover. That's such an like eighties yeah. nineties thing. To it be. was a
1: very eighties <laughs> nineties thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do people still have sleepovers? Like, I don't that, like, know.
1: No, I think people no not, really. not as many. No, not as many. because like, yeah. it's not like
0: they would rather be online with each other than actually right. like, together. Yeah. So like. Do you, first off, do you still have a relationship with this friend?
1: Yeah, we've fallen. I mean, not not occasionally. We will have a conversation, but not yep. not a everyday Same, kind of conversation. Of stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, but yeah, that you, was the kind of the first opening point to to um,
0: a relationship. With do God. you remember yeah. what you prayed for?
1: No, I don't know. I think I prayed. Okay. I think I just was looking for something. I was looking to make sense of my world. I was looking to make sense of who I am. I was looking to make mm. sense of 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 life you know and it's it's challenging and it's hard and looking to make sense of my dad leaving and just all the stuff um you know and that like eighth grade you're at those real you're asking those really big questions like what's my meaning what's my purpose where do i belong like all those big questions and i think adults ask them too but i love like students, I love middle schoolers, I love high schoolers, because they're asking them and they're being super overt about it and they're not ashamed. But as we get to be adults, we kind of feel like we have to have the answer or we should know by now. Yeah. And so we don't ask them as overtly. So anyway, I was asking those questions. Um, and then we got plugged into something called Young Life. And it was really there that the gospel what's, was what's explained. What's Young Life? So Young Life is like... Um, parachurch organization it's not necessarily um like through a church but mm-hmm. it goes into high schools a lot of different high schools and it's like a youth group basically oh, okay cool, for yeah. kids that
0: um i had something like that as, as a kid too it was did you? Uh, okay. um, on germantown pike it was a baptist church shout out to paul miller <laughs> paul miller you were a great uh, worship leader and uh yeah it, it was good to have those experiences like you said on the way up here that you enjoy um the communal aspect of exercise and i guess there yeah. is something to be said about the communal aspect of worshiping god as a teenager it's it 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 kind of like makes you feel like you're in like a like an outfit or a group or a band of one um what was i going to say about that yeah it's like oh yeah you you touch something so you said you were in second grade and you start to feel like there's something out there yeah so i too had these things i had these dreams when i was like i almost included this in my uh uh baptismal uh speech or whatever yeah I don't know if I did maybe I did I don't know (laughs) but I used to have this like reoccurring dream and there was nothing to tell me about this because I hadn't yet really read the bible but like I had this dream over and over again that I would see my backyard crack in half hear like this siren and then look at the top of like another place which was Cedar Grove Hill and at the top he'd be standing there at the top and like Mm. coincidentally enough And and this is true. This is how you know that I don't plan stuff, okay? Yesterday, right? Yesterday at church, we had people come up and they were giving like these testimonies about their worship and how they, you know, had come to God and stuff like that. And as they're saying it, I don't even know if you're aware of it, but your silhouette is on them. You you didn't know this, did you? Your silhouette. Okay, so your silhouette, you're sitting down. Your silhouette is up on them. Mm -hmm. And it looked like the shadow cause your hair is long like Jesus. Right. But it looked like the shadow (laughs) from my dream. And I'm like, and I just made that connection now, but it's so strange, but yes, I had these dreams and I was very scared of the dreams, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, I also had that feeling like there's gotta be something more than this. You know what I mean? And, um, like when kids are like that young and they start to ask questions, like when you're like, as the lead pastor of storehouse church and a young child comes up and has questions, how do you introduce God and Jesus to them?
1: Well, I think it's really important to to recognize that um, the fullness of God is seen in Jesus Christ, and so like introducing, I think there's, you know, when you look, look at the whole Bible as mm-hmm. like this big narrative of God's pursuing love for His kids. Um, but you, th- but I think kids can really grasp a lot. Um, I, it's I, I think it becomes at their developmental stage. It's a lot easier for them to grasp stories about Jesus yeah. and like yeah, you're you know, you are um, and right actually understand that, that. so. Um, even with my own kids, you know, I have um, three kiddos and my eight-year-old was asking really big questions and much um, like
0: one of Elliot's like big questions. Oh, by the way, Elliot and Tyler are so cute together. They they're very like, cute, uh, running yeah. muck Yes, they know? are. They are. Yes, yeah. two peas <laughs> in a pod. It's very sweet. good. Good core memories there.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness, kids ask the greatest questions. Um, mm-hmm. Even my eight-year-old nephew. It was the sweetest moment because at Thanksgiving this year we were over my um, sister-in-law's house and she did a great spread and it was just mm-hmm. awesome. And then um, the minute I got there, my eight-year-old nephew came up to me and said aunt tasha i have three questions if (laughs) and um and apparently he's been so you know they're not he's been praying and like asking these big questions to his dad and so um drew was like you just wait until aunt tasha gets here and then you ask her or uncle adam and so anyway he came up to me and uh he asked me um adam and eve before after the cavemen who created god and um and uh and who wrote the bible and
0: that's like the top I know. three per questions <laughs> in adults like lives. So, but I, I wait. What was
1: question number one? Um, Adam and Eve before yeah, yeah. Or after the cavemen, um, who created God and uh and who wrote?
0: Did you think it was the profe- This is off. The, I, you know how I yeah. tangent sometimes. When you met Adam, were you like, "Oh my God, it's Adam in the garden"?
1: No, I did not think <laughs> that at all. I didn't, no, Not even a bit. No, uh, no, I was so. I mean, at that point, I was seventeen when I met him, and I um hadn't. I was still figuring. So I, gave wow, my I didn't realize to you Christ. guys
0: were 17 years yeah. old. Well, he, was little, he was a little older. I'd like to get him on the show too, yeah. as well. He's got lots of um, philosophical data.
1: He's got online. philosophy. Yeah, he sure does. Um, no, but he, so I came to know Christ at 14 and um, like really gave my life to Jesus mm-hmm. at 14. Then I was figuring it out for a
0: while. Then how, I was okay, like, how, so for somebody out there who hasn't yet given their life to Jesus, what does that look like?
1: Well, I think it's the moment when you surrender. Mm. I think it's that moment of saying, "My life is not my own. Mm-hmm. I can't do this on my own, and I have to give it over to you. I have to give it to a God who loves me, a God who demonstrated His love by walking to the cross, like in the most self-sacrificial
0: yeah. way. Could, and could just bounce at any time and be like, not the same for me. Exactly,
1: like Jesus. Like I'm going to surrender to you, and um, and so for me that was at, at 14, but then it took a while. For me to figure out, okay, what do I value? How am I going to live my life? How mm-hmm. do I live this out? And so I was living by lots of different things, like for a while, yeah. like and just kind of doing my own thing, and sometimes doing what God wanted, sometimes doing my spiritual own spiritual gypsy.
0: That's was right. One yeah, too well. just be bopping around. Yeah, that was yeah, me too. yeah, that's right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and then really, it was um, when I got to college that I was like, no, this is the way I want to live. This is this is life. This so that, that, life that does to lead, lead to a
0: question. So it's like. Um... When you were, you know how like uh, when we were kids, like, you know, all the adults in the room were like, so what do you want to be, Bobby, when you grow up? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know, a mommy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, (laughs) did you foresee yourself?
1: No. 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 As a pastor? Yeah. yeah. No. What did Pastor
0: Tasha foresee herself as? Oh, okay. (laughs)
1: Lots of different things. That's why I changed my major like five different times. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, History teacher. I love history. Um, I like to teach. So I guess the teaching thing has yeah, always been yeah, there totally to a certain degree. A teacher, yeah. um, I was international business for a while. I yeah. thought, Ooh, it'd be nice to travel around. I, obviously, I think you know this, but I ended up as a French major in education. So yeah,
0: I'm, I love this story. Yeah. This, so you were there. So you went to France, which is basically the plot of the film revolutionary road, but you actually did it. <laughs> you went to France. Did you <laughs> yeah. ever see that film? Uh, no, it's Leo- yeah, Kate Kate Winslet. Winslet. Like, like, I'm so tired of life here. Like, it's just a grind. We yeah. should go somewhere. And like the, the decision was made to go to France. France, Of course. So so what led to that? Like um, the French culture?
1: So my family is uh, English. Mm -hmm. So my mom came over when she was in her uh, mid twenties and my grandparents were in their mid fifties. And they would vacation every summer oh, well. in France, and it was easy. Obviously, you just kind of go oh, over so and cool. do your thing. So they had all these stories of camping in France, and I love my grandparents. I uh, love my mom too, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was just like it was felt like a connection to um, to my family. So that's how it. then you
0: eventually moved back there with your family, right? Like, well,
1: no. So I um, so that started my interest. So everyone mm. else was like, I'm going to take Spanish, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm taking French. And there was, are like- you
0: fluent in French? Oui, je parle Francais. Yeah. So you could do a whole sermon in French and just like...
1: Well, no. I mean, I'm not like a native That'd speaker. That'd be funny though
0: if you did that one day, like yeah. no no, like, no reasoning behind it. That would,
1: yeah, not so, help anyone.
0: So that that was the connection <laughs> there. And like, um, I heard you mention one time during church that um, I also just recently saw something in, and uh, in the film they say that of all the countries in the world, Paris, France wakes up differently than everybody else. They wake up and kind of just gradually start their day do you think yeah. it was a chill atmosphere there as compared to here um
1: yeah i i yeah i definitely believe that it was yeah. yeah it was also a different stage i mean i was i didn't have kids at that point oh yeah adam and i were
0: the glorious days yeah, no children right I, I shouldn't say that because you know what children are very rewarding but like for those those out there who have no children yeah you should relish in the fact that you can go out tonight and do whatever you want don't That's complain about different. your back don't complain about what time it is because you really when you have a child you got to be 100% committed, in my opinion, to giving, like surrendering mm. to the child and then giving, like, the child what they need no matter what. And yeah. I think that is a, like, for me, that was, like, one of the greatest things ever was when I became mm. a, da- a dad and I played against stereotype and uh, was Mr. Mom, Michael Keaton style, staying home with him. And it was great experience, you know. But I, too, have always said to my wife, like, we should move to, like, New Zealand. You know what I mean? Like, we should get out of here just because, I don't know, know. it's just an, it seems very busy here. And like I long for like where we're at now, like the, the unbusiness of life.
1: Mm.
0: So today is Monday, right? And I've always wanted to know a couple of things when it comes to like crafting and honing, like a, a sermon. Okay. So you said you start work on Monday, right? I do. Yeah. So <laughs> when you do you lay the themes out? So So like at our church, we have themes that last sometimes for three, five weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Do you lay those themes out across the year?
1: Yeah. So I normally I'll do it in chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm, is this
0: spoiler material? Is it, we're to go no, into this? <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I, I mean, I even sent out that survey recently yes. of like kind mm-hmm. of getting an idea of, of, uh, what
0: people want to hear. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or where they sense they, they need to grow or what, what did you see? Interested. What was the, like,
0: the top thing?
1: Um, yeah, honestly it was across the board. So I kind of gave out some different options. I said, what are you, what would you invite someone to? Like mm-hmm. would you invite somebody to like a comparative religion thing? Like yep. let's look at Buddhism, um, kind of compared to Christianity or Hinduism. or So some people are interested in that. There's apologetics. So even like the mm. defense of the faith, like not in a combative way, but like, hey, there's actual evidence out there for the resurrection of Jesus. There's actual evidence yeah. out there for, um, for the kind of the um, infallibility of the Bible, like those types of things. So let's look at that and yeah. better understand that. Um, hey, do you want to go through a book of the Bible? And just like, and so we try and do all of, we try and do those things. All of those things that's you know awesome, in yeah. some in some capacity
0: and um yeah that's the thing i think people should know who who don't or like are on the fence about storehouse and like are like unsure like if they wanted to go it's like the topics are like very tactical like into the point where it's like you talk about stuff that's actually really happening in people's lives you mm-hmm. know what i mean and like i think that that's what is so uh inviting about it when you um like a lot of times at church, like at the end, you'll say, "If you're new to Storehouse Church and you want to get to know us a little bit better, Pastor Tasha will be over in this back room over there." And like that happens every Sunday, right? Uh,
1: inside store, not every Sunday, like.
0: Okay, yeah. so like wait, yeah, wait, like, um, as a podcast host, you know, you got to make people comfortable. How do you get those people comfortable?
1: Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I think
0: because it's an enormous responsibility what you do, and that's yeah. what the next question would be: is like, how do you manage all that? <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Like,
1: um. So I think getting people comfortable. I, I mean, people are people, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's about, um, I mean, I genuinely, so you said, so your question before yeah, this a double, was a like- Yeah, I double
0: hydrate that one. I'm sorry. No, no,
1: no, yeah. no. But even before that, you said, did you picture yourself as a pastor? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I would say emphatically, no. And even, you know, coming into this role as a lead pastor, I was a, an associate pastor for eight years before becoming the lead pastor. And all of those things I would not have anticipated. But all I knew from the bottom of my heart, the core of my being Mm. is that I love people. Like I genuinely love people. I love to hear their stories. I love to um, better understand what makes them do what they do, think what they think, you know, help people to slow down a little bit and actually um, appreciate and look at the things that matter in life. Um, So I, I really love people and I really love God and I really love. I mean, Jesus is, uh, is life. And so Okay, I love these two things. What can I do with them? And um, and this is what happened. So here I am. So in terms of like making people feel comfortable, I mean, I think it starts with a genuine love and care for people. So I love. So in inside storehouse, I just say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what brought you here? Yeah. What's uh, you know, what do you value? Like whatever, you know, like just have conversation, listen. I think a lot of people aren't.
0: Yeah, used that's to what i was gonna say. Is like you were a really you know. good listener. I remember the first time I revealed like my uh, like back story to you and i was like man in my like subconscious or like in my you know narrative voice i'm like she's really listening like mm-hmm. good listening skills because most people are like let's go you know what i mean yeah. like, you know and like um there's something about that when you're actually like listening to somebody mm-hmm. and like i see it so much like an education where it's like are we really talking you know mm-hmm. what i mean like mm-hmm. are we you know yeah but yeah i mean like i love that aspect of it and so like a lot of times when we're talking about people who um I, I mean like lots of people are broken and they don't really walk around with a sign on that says they're broken you don't really know because you don't really know what's going on in somebody's yeah. head and mind and stuff like that and a lot of times people have nowhere left to go and you know hopefully they find god and jesus and sometimes maybe they don't sometimes they do but mm-hmm. i know that you've taken on quite a lot of that mm. and there's lots of people and i'm sure i don't even know the whole picture but i've seen you take care of people i've seen you um pray over them i've seen you you know just care for them mm-hmm. and you're also human right mm-hmm. so how do you how do you how do you um how do you deal with those emotions while you're still being a human being yourself yeah is it easy for you
1: uh no it's not easy no but it's a, i think part of it is time too. I think, you know, being in this role for so long, like there's, I I carried a lot more. I Mm. forgot to. So that's the beauty of, of, of coming to Jesus for people is that I'm not carrying that weight. I'm bringing their weight. Mm. I'm helping them carry their weight to the cross. And so I'm not then putting that weight on myself. I'm trusting in a God that can move, works miracles, Mm. loves them. So I'm pointing them to Jesus. I'm not pointing them to myself.
0: That's what's up. Everybody hear that real quick. All right. (laughs) You see how, like, there's no, like, you know, like, there's no ego in that at all. Mm. Like, you're literally just showing them the way. That's right. And I think a lot of times people sometimes get themselves confused. Their ego gets confused. You know what I mean? They're like, am I God, too? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, you're not, dude. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, right. and I think that that is one of the things that, I mean, for me, like, back in the day, like, some priest, I was just like, I can't relate to this dude. You know what I mean? Like, but, like, um, being, a, like, a highly relatable pastor and like you know all those stories and stuff like that and caring for it and like you also actively pray for all of them too as well right yeah yeah so something about like uh i learned about storehouses like yeah when i was younger you know i I could do the our father hail mary the act of contrition all those things but like i never really prayed for others yeah when i was younger i would pray for stuff you know that i wanted as a kid and stuff like that but it wasn't until like i guess my late 30s early 40s i realized like no dude that's like the wrong way you know like
1: Mm.
0: and a lot of times people like to pray for things that they need themselves right and like it's just for me it's not actually a question it's kind of just a statement it's just like i wonder why you know what i mean like i wonder why the world isn't full of more compassion and empathy. you know Mm. like some people just don't have it you know what i mean like They won't help somebody who's struggling, you know, like, and, um, I find that to be the most strangest thing of all. Yeah. And I just wonder sometimes like, why would like, you know, let's walk and talk. Okay. Yeah. Why would God, does God like know that that's actively happening? Does God know, like, in my opinion, like, I think sometimes like the puzzle has to be set that way. So you have like an even amount of people who are true believers and then you have these others that are not. And I think it's like a balancing scale for people to eventually find Jesus in a way, you know? Hmm. So that leads me to this thing I read this morning. This is, um, this is like from a news organization in Europe, but apparently there's many reports about, um, people having the same dream in one night about Jesus Christ in the Gaza strip. So, um, oh, okay. Mm, nope. yep. you okay. So basically they had the same dream, like hundreds of people had the same dream that yeah. Jesus came to him in the middle of the night. And like that situation sucks. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't want anyone to die. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's awfully alarming to see just how much strife and evil there is in the world. I guess I was naive during the Obama administration. I thought everything was good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I thought that the world was healed, but apparently it needs a lot more healing. And like, that is just something in itself. And it's like, I always say to my peers, like it would be the best time ever for him to come back. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Do you ever think about that?
1: Oh yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> like what? Because like yes. you, you had like there was a one time I remember in church you were like scared me and it scared me in a good way, mm-hmm. like chicken skin style, where I was like, oh <laughs> no, this is supernatural. You were like emotional at the end of the sermon, and you were like, I guess imagine Jesus walking up and down the aisle and placing his hand on each and every one of you, and it felt real. Yeah. Do you have? Visions like that?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know. I think it's interesting that we're created with a an ability to have a mental picture in our mind. Yeah, like, that is pretty cool in and of itself. And I think when, like, that's part of how we can enter the story in even a more um, I don't know, powerful way. Like you, you know, it's what we do with any good story is we we picture in our minds. So even as we're reading the scriptures and I'm reading about Jesus. Um, in a crowd and then there's this, the woman who comes up and she's been bleeding for 12 years and she touches the hem of his cloak and he's like, who, who, you know, who's around me? Where'd the power go? All that. And, uh, and, and then he like turns to her and she would have been like on the fringes. She would have been total outcast. And he looks at her and he calls her daughter and, um, you know, he names her. And so for me, like being able to experience that viscerally means that I'm going to enter into the story Yep. Um, and be part of the crowd, you know, anyway. And I think that that, like, even in prayer, like, and I remember that day that you were saying, but that is the picture that
0: came to me. It was, wow,
1: you know, it's like, you're praying and it's like, oh, like I see, I, I picture that a lot actually in our, in our What was space. the name of the
0: saint that I think it was Gertrude? She had these visions in like the 1700s of the passion.
1: Oh, I think it was, um,
0: I can't remember her name. Julian she,
1: of Norwich. I maybe, that there's maybe, but a, there's
0: like, she had these visions that the, of the passion where she could see the spiritual communication between jesus and his mother mm-hmm. during it all and like hmm. the, okay so you let me borrow this book that really uh was eye opening i'm having a dad moment and forgetting the title uh, the jesus i never knew oh
1: right? yeah okay so in
0: that book and you said like maybe 5 10 minutes ago and this is the stuff i love <laughs> there's lots of evidence on the resurrection so yeah. like the thing about it is like you know faith Sometimes, you know, it's just something, it's like, you know, you're taking that step forward and you're not really sure, but you just have faith, you know. But then there's some people who are like, I need to know the straight, hard, cold facts. Mm -hmm. There is lots of facts about it. And it's really wild when you like go through it. Like, why? Like, first off, isn't it bizarre that it only happened 2000 years ago? Yeah. Like, do you ever think about that? Like, I was talking to Adam one day about that. It's like, that's literally just like, yesterday in the scheme of like 6.5 billion years like he was up in here you know what i mean like (laughs) not too long ago divisions though like it's just wild though like how people they also have like their idea of their own personal jesus you know what i mean i think there's actually a song about it i think the pesh mode wrote it and like um about a personal jesus yeah and i think that that's like one of the things that i suffered with is like uh the pop culture influence of like what jesus was what, what pop right. culture wanted him to be you know yes. and then you read books about it or historically accurate i guess like the chosen like you know like they try to you know be as historically accurate as possible uh i just start watching the chosen
1: oh you did yeah yes. it's
0: really i like how they co- like connect him like to humanity
1: yeah mm-hmm. because
0: it seems to me that like that's who he was here's a question Okay. So they believe that he was a carpenter up until the age of 30, right? Mm-hmm. What, what was, you know, how we talked about our step or like the moment where, you know, we decided that this is the new journey. Mm-hmm. What was it for him? Like, why did he just, did he know his whole life that he would venture out at 30?
1: Right. I mean, so you read in the scriptures, you read the gospels, which yep. is just the first four books of the new Testament. There's kind of the stories that are, um, being told of Jesus. So the first kind of picture we have of him is um as a kid and he's in the temple. Um and you know they've gone to Jerusalem for one of the big festivals for the Passover or um and he's, he's a kid, right? And he's a kid. Yeah. yeah. And so he's there and he's sitting with some other scholars, some other um you know, well-learned people and he's instructing them and it says that uh in the scriptures it says that they were amazed at the wisdom that was coming from this this child in essence. And, uh, so in terms of like knowing when, when, so he's fully God, he's also fully man and knowing there is some mystery in that. Um, and knowing exactly at the moment when he knew, um, yeah, I, that, that's a, that's a big question. Right. And, it's a big question.
0: I always um, think about that too. it's like, like when I was 33, like I just, I, you know, you think yeah. that you know, everything you really, I really didn't know anything right. mm-hmm. when I was 33, you know, like, but, yeah, that, like, decision to go out into the world and then to start, like, acquiring people who would then be the ones who would eventually go out and spread the word of the gospel. What was the uh, the gentleman's name? I th- it's not Thomas. Who was the one who asked him, like, Jesus, why haven't you healed me yet? And he Jesus was like, it'd be much better for you, like, to... You, I could heal you, but then, you know... They mentioned it yesterday. Was it Thomas?
1: You mentioned it yesterday. Who was the one who was
0: power- like? had like a handicap, and Jesus, he asked him straight. It was like, Hey, why can't you help me? And I can't remember exactly what Jesus says in the Bible, but yeah, he drops I don't the knowledge.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember it from that. That was from, my, from yesterday.
0: Yeah. I can't remember yeah. it either, but you can look it up in the Bible. You've got a Bible in your app. <laughs> You've got a Bible in your pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's so many great stories like that are like sprinkled throughout. And like, what's your favorite book? You got a favorite book the of Bible. the Bible? Yeah.
1: Um everyone I, talks
0: about quotes but books.
1: Yeah. That's a uh I there's a lot. I mean I love Hebrews. I think Hebrews um Hebrews is all about pointing to the divinity of Christ. So it talks a lot about how you know Jesus is the fullness of God and um mm-hmm. and uh I love I love the book of Ruth.
0: Yeah, I you love the that. book
1: of Job. It's um in a it's it's a really Interesting look at suffering and like what we do with our suffering.
0: Job, I'm going to read that today. Job. Yeah. So, Like what what type of stuff is it talking about?
1: So Job, um, pretty much has everything going for him and, um, he has all the things that you could want. And basically in a day, in a span of a shorter period of time, everything is gone from his life. So you have these friends that are by his side that are trying to console him to a certain degree And basically it's Job's kind of journey of, of trying to figure out, can he trust God? Is he going to trust God? Um, and there's moments of lament. There's moments of, um, you know, turning away from God and then ultimately turning towards God and saying, even, even if, even if everything is taken from me, even I will trust you that you're good. And, um, yeah, so it's a really powerful book. Um,
0: how many times I mean, have you read the Bible?
1: Straight through. Yeah. Oh, I don't I straight through, only a handful, I would say, like going straight from like, you know, Genesis to all the way to Revelation. But
0: Weren't um, you saying something once in church, like that there's a certain like the Bible has like a numerol like basically there's a certain set amount of words in each chapter or something like that. Uh,
1: like I there's don't like a I set thing.
0: That. I don't know. Some people look into it so much that they start to like come up with their own mysteries. Well, it's probably people, something I saw on Reddit, to be honest oh, with you. Yeah.
1: I think people forget that it is, and we did, we did, we had a sermon recently about the Bible that it's like, it's both a, it is a God inspired book. It is, but it's written through, you know, multiple authors yep. over a span of 1500 years, 66 books, different types of literature. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like poetry and there's narrative and there's allegory yep. and there's prophecy and there's letters. Um, and so all of these t- different types of, literature are happening and what so you have to understand to a certain degree what type of literature you're reading when you enter into the book Mm -hmm. who wrote it when they wrote it who they were reading writing it to um so it is it is the word of god but it was written at a certain time and place and so it's important to understand that time and that place
0: as well i've always been fascinated with um i mean like uh recently i think i don't know when it was maybe it was in bible study or something like that but there's this map that came to my attention of all the prophecies that were fulfilled by Jesus somewhere on, even in, I think there was like a handful, even in the last day of his life. And when you look at that, it is so wild because it's like for the people out there who are like, yeah, I need the hard evidence. Like, is this not enough? <laughs> you know, like take a look at this. Yeah. Subconsciously, like, I mean, there's like a couple of things where it's like certain things happen to fulfill the prophecy and you would like never even like notice it, you know, like, um, like the actual birth of Jesus the location right. you know like in yeah. the events that like were like you know happening in order for that to take place right
1: yeah things that Jesus had no control over none yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you know
0: Yeah. also imagine being part human part god <laughs> do you know what i'm saying like like <laughs> not part and part it's kind of full and full which full is full. really yeah that's hard to understand it's to hard explain, to understand right? so is, 100% yeah. human 100% god not 50-50 down the middle i mean talk about a, like a like a teenage drama like there is no greater drama than that really right it says
1: you know in the scriptures that jesus was tempted in every way yet he was without sin so in that like there is this ability for him to enter into our suffering in a way that you know if we think of any way that we've been tempted or any way that we've dealt with grief or um or, I mean, he dealt with it all, all of those emotions, every single one. Um, and yet he was without sin. Um, yet he chose to continually, um, you know, come back to the to the Godhead, come back into that relationship. And um, And I think that's the beauty of Jesus is like, it's not a distant God. It's not a God that you're kind of like trying to do all the right things in order to, to please. And so maybe you can get a little bit closer, but it's a guy that's actually come into our suffering, come into, come towards us and, um, and taken on all of, all of the human experience and then walked to walk to the cross. So,
0: yeah. There's a lot going on there. I mean, the whole thing too, it's wild is like, I mean, he knows about what's going to happen to him. He knows even like a I mean, he knows that one of his best friends will deny him three times. He knows Judas is going to betray him. But yet, you know, being 100% human, you're still 100% scared, you know? Yeah. Like He had to be scared, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. But then the wild thing is, like, uh, I got really interested in, like, the story that happens after. And, like, I went through, like, this uh, rabbit hole one weekend where I was, like, reading about where Jesus went. And, like, we don't really... Now, like, some people don't know that, you know, he descended into, they call it the descent into Hades, into hell, and he freed Adam and Eve from their original sin. Mm. Like, how does people not know that? That That's such a cool fact, you know what I mean? Like, like, is that, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine them, like, being down there for a a millennium, and then all of a sudden, like, Jesus shows up, and it's like, you're good now. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, and, like, just being, like, you're free. Yeah. A tremendous weight, but, like, that part, and, like, taking on the um see like the part that i didn't know too is like a ignorant Christian a couple of years ago is that during the era before jesus we were living in sin like right and and like it's hard for people to understand that but when you look at it from like a physical perspective of like you know people were sacrificing animals putting blood on their doors you know what i mean thinking that they were trying to preach the word of god and like when you look at it from the perspective of like god being like dude no, <laughs> is he right? I'm sending one of my own down there, my only son, you know, yeah. and that makes sense. You know what I mean? To be like, no. And the crazy thing is, is like, hand to God right now. Jesus was the ultimate hippie because he was just so peaceful with everything. That whole idea of being like, if someone slaps you, turn the other cheek and still forgive them, you know, like that's the thing that I think is so hard for human beings to, to grasp fully mm-hmm. is that. We are all interconnected. We're all God's children. Why would the artists who created this want to see the creations destroy one another, you know, Mm -hmm. like, (sighs) I guess that that's just part of the story though, to allow conflict to continue because it's like how the story is told. You can't just have goodness the whole time. You know, you have to combat evil.
1: There's this interesting interplay of like free will and the goodness of God. And so, you know, talk about
0: what's your definition of free will?
1: Well, it's ultimately an ability to choose, right? It's an ability to choose either good or evil or, or choose really in any situation. And so when God created us in his image, he created us with choice. And
0: What would be the opposite of it to have? Well, to be no- like
1: robotic, to be. Oh, okay, which like, we're becoming. I have, I have, <laughs> right. um, but I, I, you know, like I, I pre programmed you. And so you will say you love me, you will say that you will follow me. You know, and that's not how he designed us.
0: That would be not a fun existence. But yeah, it's like, that's the thing I always liked about free will is that like, it allows you to understand you have a choice in the story. You can choose who you want to be good or bad, you know? And like, I was bad for a long time. And the one thing that I like about Jesus, he's like, all right. Yeah. Like as long as you come to me. Yeah. You can be forgiven. And then you also, I should mention, the one thing that was, I think it was also during the same day where you had given me chicken skin and I saw Jesus walking through the hallway, you know, forgiving everybody. <laughs> yeah. You said uh, he's the only wounded,
1: wounded God and, like, and, yeah. the, and the wounded
0: healer, like mm-hmm. in uh, world religions. Yeah. None of them, you know, would, none of them have a gra- grand sacrifice at the end. Right. To profess not just like their love for humankind, but to... Free us from our original sin.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: wild. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like when people get in their cars on, we're recording this on Monday and like people get back into their cars, they go to work and like, you know, maybe they did go to church yesterday, but it's so quick for them to abandon those principles. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I was like that for a while too. I was like, ah, I believe in God, but maybe four days out of the seven, I'm going to be a sinner, you know, like, and I feel bad about that sometimes but I also feel like uplifted that like I have been forgiven you know right and it's such a wild principle like to feel and I've mentioned it before on the show it's like I said to my wife the first time first couple times first few months I was like why does everybody look so happy here like everybody (laughs) looks like they're just like you know rolling on the floor having a great time and then, like, realized Sometimes I'll be on stage and I'll smile to my stuff. I'm like, "Oh wait, that's me now." <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you yeah. see me smiling up there, it's because I'm like, "Yeah, yeah look at me." You're yeah. jamming
1: out yesterday, Bob. Welcome that's to awesome. Bell's Mills
0: right here. This is uh, uh, the. Oh, so
1: this is the This is the Bell's infamous Mills. place of. Okay.
0: You could be um, yeah. taken out by a vehicle in the name of occupation. They got to get to work. <laughs> but yeah, this is where it all goes down, and you can see like how. Look at oh the, yeah. <laughs> it's I a little see. frightening, yeah. right? Yeah. And then especially scared. sometimes like if you're holding a microphone, they'll slow down because they'll be like, oh, something important. Way too fast, dude. Way too fast.
1: Oh, gosh. He really oh, my almost, God. That was almost an accident.
0: Man, that would have been really, really crazy if that happened. But maybe we willed that out of existence because it felt like it was going to happen. Wow. You're not kidding here, Bob. I told you. <laughs> Literally one time, like, I felt like I was going to like have to jump off into the water right here. Yeah, it is really nice out here today. It suns out. It's past nine, so it's not as crowded as it usually is in the mornings, but. All right, here we go. We're crossing over. I smell skunk. Oh yeah,
1: the skunk is thick in the air.
0: All right, let's see. This is also where it's like this, this Russian roulette of, will you yield for me? Right. I'm on the yield path and the yield paths over there, but this doesn't apply here. You know? So yeah basically too you mentioned I think I heard Adam say once we want our kids to grow up with a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ yeah I think that that's like so important because in the beginning of the pod you were talking about how children have great questions Oh yeah. and I also feel like children in general are more closer to the source like they just came from the kingdom you know so it's like they have such like profound things to say and like um yeah i mean like the one thing i don't know people like at storehouse church like you can bring your kids and then we have like a clubhouse they can go to and they can watch videos on jesus and during the summertime, i was a volunteer for vacation bible school and i never saw the cartoons that they play and like the cartoons like it just felt so uh inviting yeah like it felt like like Jesus is your friend. You know what I mean? Like, meanwhile, like when I grew up in the Catholic, like church, it was like, he ain't your friend. He died for you. You know what (laughs) what I mean? Like he died for you and you better suffer, you know? But I love the idea of not the idea of the relationship that you can have with Jesus. And like how, like our friend, Eric at church, Eric didn't have God in his life until his nine year old son one day came home and had a bunch of questions about God and somehow they wound up at storehouse. He got baptized and he was in our Bible study group. I love telling people about his story. Yes. Like I tell people all the time, like, you know what I mean? Like his son brought him back to God, you know, Mm -hmm. and having no idea per se, as to like what his son's relationship is with God. So what kind of questions does your kids ask you? Being that you're the pastor, yeah. you know what I mean. Like they must be like, well, you must know, mommy, right? You're the pastor. <laughs> you
1: know, I yeah, we have really great conversations, particularly at night. I think they're trying to avoid bedtime altogether, <laughs> so they like they, to know. Ask they us, know, they know, they know what's happening. So, um, and we do we have our Bible time every night, and uh, usually from that, there's a question. I'm trying to think of the latest. Um, you know, my 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 son, I mentioned uh, Elliot, my eight year old. He he recently made the connection, which I thought was so beautiful. And it was certainly a really profound moment. He said, um, so you mean, mommy, that God still loves me even when I make mistakes? Oh, yeah. And like that, it hit him in a new way. I'm sure we've talked about the love of God that yeah. covers all things, but he it, it hit him in a new way. And and I was actually telling that story about um, the woman who came and touched Jesus's cloak. And so I think that and Zacchaeus, we told the story we were talking about Zacchaeus and
0: We've mentioned that here on the show.
1: Yeah. So um it just hit him in a new way. It was really, really beautiful and, and super profound. But yeah, they're great kids. They yeah, I um types of questions. Can I talk to him about anything? Like, what if oh, I wow. get bored and Wow. You know, fall asleep? Like, does he get mad at me? You know, like, I don't know. All the things. <laughs> These are
0: great questions. Yeah, they're great questions. When my son, like, he'll do this thing where he'll talk about Jesus like he just saw Jesus, like, down the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, that is the influence of Storehouse, you know, like, not like, my experience, like, growing up. And, uh, Terrence is I don't, I think I didn't mention this either because I was like, I can't go PG 13 during the baptismal thing of telling people, like, what happened. But, like, when I was a kid, I was in CCD class and, um, they showed me this photograph of the passion. It was like a painting by this famous Italian artist. And like his body was, you know, broken. it was like right after they had tortured him. Mm. And it was in CCD class. It was a Monday night. And like, I just got so, um, how you doing? Morning. I got so like scared, but like scared in a different way. Like it felt like, I don't know how to describe it but like the teachers like surrounded me and like they were praying over me and they were like they said to um my mom when she picked me up like your son has a very strong spiritual connection and like i wonder sometimes yeah maybe they're truthful in that but maybe they were just straight scaring a seven-year-old kid you know what i mean like i was so scared you know like and i think that that is what we were talking about too 42 minutes ago exactly is like sometimes people get their ego involved with it and they that's how like the religions get there's so many different versions of christianity i believe that's my thought is like when one person thinks that the the one light on the christmas strand is gone out they throw that out and start a whole new strand yeah. a whole new religion well how do you from your spiritual perspective how do you think god or jesus feels about people doing that you know what i mean being like well let's start another club you know what i mean like yeah. is well, it like them just like rolling his, their eyes i press eyes? this oh. again did Let's see, I do
1: something wrong? Yep. It's okay. I
0: did. It's okay. You're all right. Check one, two. There you go. Okay. Thank
1: you. I keep my thumb it's flips right. onto the
0: button. We're not a high-end <laughs> podcast here. You know what I mean? Like, we're <laughs> using these little... Yeah. They, like, literally weigh nothing. You know what I mean? But uh, some people, though, they don't know how to hold the mic, and that's always just been a tough thing with me. Is like when they, you know... All right. podcast at my belly button. Yeah. What were we saying? Uh, so, d-
1: how do I think uh, God feels... What? Well, I mean...
0: At certain yeah, yeah. times in
1: history it it was
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was imperative. I mean, I think about obviously the Reformation. you think about when Martin Luther came and you know ultimately said, "Hey, we probably should read the Bible not just in Latin but in our actual original languages, and we can have access to the the Word of God like that was a pretty important wow, light I had forgotten on about the strand that. you know what, so what inspired I inspired
0: Martin Luther to do that
1: um, I mean I don't know i I, I would imagine the the spirit of god or like yeah, the reading correct. of scripture himself or the recognition that like not everyone has access to what i get to read maybe i don't oh, know was that the about case back life. then Morty, hi there
0: how are you i talk about it all the time on the show here but you know i try to actively say hello to everyone when yes. i'm out here you know
1: yeah i think that's lovely
0: and it's like some people get like they're like hello right you know yeah it's like i see you you know, <laughs> like but yeah i always wondered like what that feels like for like the creator to be like here comes another group you know what i mean right or maybe like it's like i'm looking at it from a wrong perspective because i'm human maybe the creator's vision is like all right cool they're they're building yet another one right so that's like always how the story can be told is like it's from the pers- the the author's perspective you know and i think a lot of people have issue with that like in your opinion like oh, hello, good morning hello. good morning hello. what makes you think that I'll give you my answer after I hear yours. But why? Why do you think Jesus didn't write anything down?
1: Um, Well, I think part of it is this whole crazy, wild ride is that He entrusted this story to human beings. Like we are created to, we're created in the image of God, and we're given a. Hi there. We are given a. Hello. We're given a a work to do. Right? We're given a. Uh, the biggest adventure that we're ever on, which which is to share the gospel, which is to invite people into the kingdom of God. It's to, to kind of bring his kingdom come, like your kingdom come, your will be done. It's actually living that out and bringing. So I think that there's some crazy reality that we're invited to participate in a really significant way in the work that God is doing. And he meant it to be so. So Jesus entrusted that message to his disciples, his followers which were many more than just 12 and and then you know entrusted that message and so it wasn't until and it was continually told kind of verbally and then eventually and then eventually written down but i think ultimately it's because he entrusts the message to to his creation
0: so yes 100 percent, and like you know how i was saying like how people with ego tend to get it messed up what an ego list thing for him to do to be like nah you guys are the authors you know what i mean like yeah uh, i also like like he didn't write anything down but he spoke a lot of times like like when he says like i'm gonna destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days he's actually talking about his body right right yeah Mm -hmm. which is dope in my opinion like it's like you know what i mean like it's like uh when you have interpersonal conversations with somebody and you pick up on something that like they're saying to you and you're like "Ooh," (laughs) you're being a little mysterious there huh (laughs) But I love that stuff, you know? And yeah. like I just can't imagine how scared he it was. It's getting a little chilly out here. Windy. Windy, indeed. Yep. We are not in the sun like we used to be. No. We are going up a hill, so if we start to lose our breath,
1: <laughs>
0: it's because we enjoy podcasting on the run. <laughs> so, what does the future look like for Pastor Storehouse? What did I just say? Pastor, Pastor Storehouse. Storehouse? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'll go by Pastor it. Storehouse. Yeah. Tasha.
1: What does the future look like? Uh, that is, man, that's part of the adventure, right? It's like, that's part of the surrender is I don't know. I don't fully know. Um, but I do know that I get this awesome privilege of of kind of inviting people into the story, inviting people into the reality that God's pursuing them, loves them. And, uh, and that's pretty sweet privilege. Yeah. Yeah. So... Here at Storehouse Church, just bringing the kingdom of God, getting my doctorate.
0: Yes, that's yes. right. You're going to be Dr. Tasha Dr. Reverend. Reverend. Dr. Reverend. No, I don't know. Watch I'm, out. No,
1: people call me Tasha. That is just fine. No, I'm
0: going to totally but call for you Dr. Doc- from now on. For a
1: season, for like maybe a couple weeks, I'm going to require everyone calls me Dr. Reverend. Yes, yes. That would be an important <laughs> thing.
0: So that's what I, that is something I definitely want to talk about. I know we got like a couple minutes left in the show, but... You've been writing this dissertation paper, and the topic you mentioned to me—can we talk about it or is it copyright material? Oh no, sure, that's fine. So basically, you're you're describing the relationship with—correct me if I'm wrong—teenagers' uh, experience with Christianity in multimedia. No, I messed it up. No.
1: So the the title <laughs> is uh, the title is um, building resilient Gen Z disciples. Who share the the gospel with their peers? So basically, like, how do you how do you help build resilient disciples? What does it mean to be resilient? What does it mean to have grit? What does it mean to you know follow Jesus in this day and age in their high schools, in their schools, whatever? Um, and then how do you share? Like, how do you actually share the good news of Jesus? And I think a lot of us don't really understand what it means to. Um, yeah, to share. It's kind of gotten a bad rap, right? It's like yes. because it's done. It's been done for rightfully so. It's been done really, really horribly by a lot of people, kind of pushed down people's throats, or done in a way that's not that's not accurate to the scriptures. Um, and so, kind of talking about equipping Gen Z specifically to to share the good news. So that is the the dissertation, right there.
0: I miss some people don't miss it but I actually I mean I work in a school
1: yeah I miss
0: writing papers I miss uh oh it's yes. not like you I, don't but no. how, how many words are you at right now
1: oh I am at hundred and I don't know how many words I'm at 150 pages oh yeah so, a lot of pages.
0: so like this does sound to me like when you were pitching it there it did sound like a lot like a book it Would is you a write book. a
1: book that is what a dissertation yes it is a book
0: so you're gonna put a book out
1: well I'm not I I'm not necessarily publishing it specifically
0: you could do that through Amazon.
1: I could. I could draw yeah. the cover for you. You know, my grandpa, he self-published his memoirs. Did he? It was one of the greatest privileges I had was to write down what he had written. Ha- he hand wrote his memoirs. No and way. And I got to type them. Wow. And it was such a privilege. It was kind of in the last five years of his life. And so we, we made a book out of it.
0: Is it on Amazon?
1: Um, I, I don't know. I you guess it must. Well. You want to plug it? Go ahead. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I don't think it's actually no. You can't actually purchase it or anything.
0: I always enjoyed like uh, the word memoirs. You know what I mean? Memoirs, like there was okay. this movie in the '90s called the. I think it was called the Memoirs of the Invisible Man with Chevy Chase in it. And I okay. remember asking my folks like, "What does a memoir? What is it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and like when do you write one? you know what I mean? Like when? <laughs> at do what you point know? is it
1: a valid form well, of I mean, communication? Like, Whether at what point are you qualified to write a memoir? Exactly. Is it and, right like, now? Or people, you have to wait another well, ten, twenty I mean, years? Like,
0: uh, you know, if you're like 50, I if you're 50 years old and you're writing your memoir, you still got a lifetime to go, dude. You know, like, I mean, I think about like um, Dave Grohl from Nirvana released a about autobiography three or four months before. Tragically, he lost his drummer in the band. And like, I imagine he just feels such a like, you know what I mean? Like one of the most important moments wasn't in the book. So perhaps maybe what your grandpa did was the right way. They write it all down, keep it going, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like this is a cool bridge right here. This is a very cool bridge. You lose yep. cell phone service. Quick in here, it's like you're in the underground terrain.
1: Yeah. This There's is like sweet. this
0: piece of uh something religious somebody wrote in here once I saw. Maybe I'm in the wrong spot, but yeah. <laughs> This is a great spot. This has been a great podcast. I'm so happy that you came.
1: Yeah. For the four hundredth episode
0: of the podcast. Thank I you mean the hundred episodes me. ago. I had no idea who Tasha Hoover was. I had no idea what Storehouse Church was. Coincidentally though, I did know about the church and people who listen to this, it's the same church that we used to hang out in Plymouth meeting and skate at in the nineties. <laughs> Lenny Walters was a star. Nathan Hawk was a star. I believe that there was a ramp and I believe there was something to uh, rail slide on. This is pretty cool right here, right? Yeah, this is really sweet. So this is, we're at the waterfall part right here. right here. I was telling Adam, I gave Adam some beads one day. And, like, I met somebody once here, I gave beads to. This poor soul staring at the water, and I just stopped to talk with her. And I gave her some beads. Is and that she's like, I haven't." Well, I just, I felt like I needed to, like can't help her because i don't know her name and i don't know where she lives but i just
1: haven't heard of giving beads is that a that's
0: it's me it's a bob okay okay
1: i wasn't sure it's like uh, a pop culture thing i I was doing New
0: orleans but for other purposes but i'm talking about like uh (laughs) beads that you would wear like around your wrist okay but like you know like it's just it's like a token like you don't probably remember that guy's name at all but he was interested in helping you you know and like i find a lot of times like when i meet people out here alone they're pretty much out here for the same type of reasons, you know yes. what I mean? And it's like, it's nice to do that. But 100% appreciate you coming on. This was like effortless, by the way. So yeah. like you got to come back on and do like a trilogy of sorts here. Okay. Let's you check it. out Pastor Tasha at Storehouse Church every Sunday, nine o'clock and 11 o'clock. You can come to our Christmas Eve service, which is going to be December. When is that? It's so the Saturday before, which is really special.
1: no. You d- a- yes sorry a- <laughs> right, you drop
0: it <laughs>
1: <laughs> well actually christmas eve happens to be on a sunday which is super weird oh really this year yeah so it's at night we're just going to do the same thing oh okay cool, 9 11 cool, cool. on sunday december uh, 24th
0: and it is a we just decorated for the church yesterday yes it's fun you can even come see me play the bass guitar if you like one that's day that's right you- if you have a hard time getting to know god and jesus you know me you know the bass strings E A D and g you can come <laughs> listen to them and then maybe you'll start to hear the message that i heard hello again um. Super. Super proud that you came on. I'm yeah. Super happy that you did it. And yeah. uh, everybody else, check out Storehouse Church. Check out Pastor Tasha's, excuse me, Doctor Reverend Tasha Hoover's new book series coming out <laughs> in twenty twenty five. But yeah, honestly, thank you so much for everything you've done for me, my family, and everybody else in the community.
1: Oh well, it's a privilege. Thanks for inviting me on.
0: My name is Bob, and this has been another episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good job.